Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. Time to get a bit negative here on the Just Baseball Show. That's Arm Lane and I'm Peter Apple. And it is Friday, August 4th. And in this episode, we are doing a snake draft of the losers of the 2023 MLB trade deadline. On yesterday's episode, Jack and I did a snake draft of the winners. We were very positive. But of course, there were some teams that didn't meet expectations. So Arm and I are going to go back and forth. And instead of just, okay, these are the losers, we agree, we're just sniffing each other's farts, we're gonna, we might have a little bit of a disagreement. It might be a little bit of a competition in order to draft the biggest losers of the deadline. And then, of course, we'll end with Arm's famous prospect report, letting us know who's hot, who's not in the minor leagues up to this point. But we are brought to you by the king of sportsbooks, and that is BetMGM. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. And if the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Remember, gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER and must be 21 or older. Arm, yesterday, Jack and I started the podcast with a couple of wacky stats. I don't have any wacky stats today. And we also went over Framber Valdez's no-hitter. Unfortunately, yeah. yesterday, there were no no-hitters, and there wasn't much news. Do you have anything before we get straight into the draft? Now, a fun day for the uh, AA affiliate Diamondbacks Amarillo okay. Sod Poodles. Okay. Uh, Jordan Lawler went deep. AJ Vukovic went deep. Ivan Melendez went deep. And I'm missing one more notable prospect that went deep. Like, there are four top prospects on that ball club 
all went deep. I thought that was kind of cool. But other than that, I'll save a lot of the prospect updates for the prospect report. Uh, I will say, I don't know if there was a pitcher more due for a no hitter than Framber Valdez. So I I saw what you guys broke it down. I thought you guys said everything that needed to be said, but that was the number one thing. I think he was the most due for a no hitter in major league baseball. If that's humanly possible. Also, also, it's so funny that I think subconsciously you remembered one of the few like mean reviews that we got because that, that was when we could these guys sniff each other's farts and and say that everybody like or agree with each other the whole time. I think that was like one of the very few we got, and that was just still in the back of our heads there. <laughs> oh, when we were projected played about two years ago, I think we got one five star review on our podcast and it was like great show, boys. Excited to be listening moving forward. Next review, two stars. All these guys do is just read off a stat sheet and sniff each other's farts. And I think we've progressed, but there's still a little sniff in there. Yeah, We're trying trying our best. Read and stat. To kind of do both those things so it's fine but no i'm excited like i we've we've rehashed you know some of like the biggest losers but it's kind of fun to get into like you know we're both picking three and there's some teams that maybe haven't gotten enough hate so that's what we're here for is just to hate i agree and yesterday's episode was all about the winners and we even discussed yeah. some teams like the mariners right they entered the winner's circle because they made a really good deal for paul seawald and then there are some teams that you wouldn't think are big time losers but we got to pick some. Yeah. So you're going to hear that towards the tail end. I had the first pick yesterday in our snake draft and Jack hosted the podcast. Now that I'm hosting it, you got the first pick, my friend. Ah, who, was, who was the <laughs> biggest deadline loser this season? Ooh, man. Okay. I think there's a few different ways you can go about this. Cause you know, you and I talked about on the bleacher report stream, like there's teams that I think in a, in a vacuum, like, had worse deadlines, but when you put the expectations at hand and what teams are capable of doing, I'm going to go with the biggest loser in terms of just my sheer disappointment. And without much surprise, it's going to be the Baltimore Orioles who just continue to frustrate the hell out of me. I love the Orioles. I will be rooting for them every step of the way. And I hope that they make some noise in the postseason. but man, you know, I I just would have liked to have seen them do something more than trade for Jack Flaherty. Like that, that's all we can do here is, is trade for a guy that is pretty much a carbon copy of a lot of the other, you know, kind of middling arms that you have in that rotation that you're kind of back and forth with. I think there's teams that had worse deadlines. Don't get me wrong. Like the Orioles technically got a little bit better. But for me, it was just so frustrating because we've talked about it so many times. I don't have to rehash all the points. They could have made so many different moves that make a big difference that would not have even been felt in their farm system, especially when you see both Scherzer and Verlander going in ways that I think were very doable for them. Uh, A Drew Gilbert adjacent for them is just one of several uh, in that system that they just would not have felt. Uh, I thought they could have easily done it and it would have came with not that much financial backing. Like John Angelos wouldn't have had to really pull out the pocketbook that much. They're making so much money with the, the crowds that they've been able to bring in and almost a guarantee for playoff games. Really frustrating to see, you know, ownership not willing to invest more financially. And, you know, on the other side, maybe not as much aggression from the team, because as we've said in the past, like, dude, you don't know if you're going to have the best record in the American League next year. You don't know that you're going to be here. Even if it looks like you're going to be good for a long time, things don't always go the way you think they are. Seize the moment. And if you have an opportunity to make a, the best team in the American League better, you should do that. And I think it's really frustrating that they didn't. 
it's incredibly frustrating, right? And it doesn't, it's not just about this year. It's about last offseason. It's about the trade mm-hmm. deadline before. It's about the deadline before that. We had a great comment on when we were doing our YouTube stream, and we brought it up on a couple episodes ago, but I think it's important for this exact conversation. And the comment was, I've been an Orioles fan since 1969, and I am bleeping devastated. Devastated. Like, that's, I think, I think there's a bucket of Orioles fans who do not want to trade a single prospect and just want to hold all of them tight and see them all blossom in Baltimore. And I understand that. But at the beginning of the season, we all thought the Padres would be great, and we all thought the Mets would be great. We don't know what's going to happen from year to year. That's the point, right? The Orioles yeah. are great this year. You never know what's going to happen next year. So you have to capitalize now. And Arm, just throwing it back to you, just to end the point on the Orioles, the package for Jack Flaherty was more expensive than we would have thought. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Cesar Prieto, like that's a decent middle infield prospect. Like I was kind of surprised that they end up, you know, parting with him and, and then somebody on top of that. So I, I was surprised, but Again, at that point, like you go a little bit higher, a Connor Norby and somebody else, you don't feel it that much. But th- I think the number one point here, and is is you know what what you said and and what I've said in the past too, is just like you hope that you're in the spot next year. But it, look at the rotation. It, you guys have been able as the Orioles to circumvent a pretty meh rotation. I know you're going to get John Means back. I, that might be part of the reason why they were willing to wait. But like we'll see how he does off of Tommy John. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez has looked a lot better. That's exciting. But again, you you don't know if the pitching staff's going to hold up next year. You don't know if the bullpen's going to be one of the best in Major League Baseball next year. And you hope that all of the guys that are hitting this year can hit to the same degree and stay healthy. And there's so many variables. And push the chips forward when you have the moment. I'm not saying they had to deplete the farm. Just make one or two semi-aggressive moves. They didn't do that. We'll see how it plays out in the postseason. But I can tell you that when they get to the postseason, it's almost guaranteed that all three games or all whatever, however many games they play, they're going to have a starting p- pitching disadvantage. So that's going to be really interesting to see if they can overcome that. Maybe they can. Staying in the AL East with my second pick, the New York Yankees were huge cowards at the deadline. <laughs> Brian Cashman assured fans in a quote that we are in it to win it. Stop pandering to Yankee fans. You were not in it to win it. There is a bucket of Yankee fans who saw that the Yankees should probably sell. That's where I sit in. We could have traded Harrison Bader. You saw the return for Paul Seawald, what he got. Trade Clay Holmes, trade Wandy Peralta, trade some of these rentals, sell off. Because at, at this point in the season, it was a nice win over the Rays. But at the same time, I don't think Yankee fans expect to make the playoffs this year. And even if they do sneak into a wild card game, they're probably going to get blasted. Or you could sit there and say, you know what? We're going to buy. We do see a window. We do need a left fielder. The Nationals are hanging out Lane Thomas for anyone to grab, and he wasn't ended up traded. And the Yankees decided, you know what? All we're going to do is add Kenyon Middleton from the Chicago White Sox. And what is the Yankees' best trait? They are able to bring up pitchers from their minor leagues and turn them into really quality bullpen arms. So what did they decide to do? They traded a young pitcher. For a bullpen arm with a 3.96 ERA. Now, Kenya Middleton could cur- turn into a great arm with the Yankees, but it doesn't even matter because that was not their big area of need. And on top of that, 
even the trade for Kenyon Middleton, I didn't love. I didn't know much about Juan Carella. He was the 21-year-old prospect that the Yankees traded in that deal. But he's pitching pretty damn well in high A right now as a 21-year-old, 3.67 ERA, 83 innings. He's got 109 strikeouts. And I was watching film of him. I'm like, this guy's kind of nasty. So you didn't really need to part with him at all. You didn't need to go get Kenyon Middleton. The Yankees were cowards. They could have decided to sell. They could have decided to buy. And yet they did nothing. And Brian Cashman put the cherry on top of the shit Sunday by basically saying, we were opportunistic buyers and opportunistic sellers. Just be Neither. honest. You didn't really have a plan. That's all it boils down to. Because if you had a set plan like the New York Mets, this deadline would have looked a lot differently. And Aaron Boone was asked, look at the Mets situation. And Aaron Boone just says, we're in a completely different spot than the New York Mets. And Steve Cohen came out and said in an interview, well, we're about 12 to 15% chance of making the playoffs. By that numbers, that's not something I want to bet on. So what did they do? They sold. Do you know what the Yankees percent chance of making the playoffs is right now, Arm? I have no idea. 20.1. What is huh. it, that much better? Yeah. Cowards. Horrible deadline. Yankees yeah. blew it. Oh, the one thing I'll add is I think they could have justified adding. Like if, if you if you get behind the judge is healthy-ish, yeah. like he's back. You know, we're, we we like that we're getting Nestor back. We're hoping Rodon will get rolling. You can create that that narrative. The system's good. I'm not saying they have to go all in. They could have done that like soft buy, like the yeah. Padres even. I'm not saying get Rich Hill and G-Man Choi, but they could have done a soft buy and, and add in some players. It seemed like the, the market was a little bit steep, so then they turn the other way and say, okay, maybe not. They could have also sold some pieces, like you said, and still been competitive. Right. It, Harrison Bader is not making the playoffs for you. It's Aaron Judge being healthy and the pitchers that we are talking about being on the mound. Bader helps a little bit, but that's not going to make or break it for you. So you sell off that piece. So at least you have something that you recouped before you just lose him in free agency. Maybe trade off one or one reliever, you know, and, and if you want, if you really liked Keenan Middleton, bring him in. But you sit, trade Clay Holmes, you get a haul there. And you kind of restructure a little bit and do a soft sell. You're still competitive. You still have a shot. And if the team plays the way it can, you could sneak your way in. I thought the sitting on the hand side of things just kind of was just a waste of time and a waste of opportunity because these same opportunities may not be here in the offseason. I'm really interested to see what the Yankees do in this offseason because they got a lot of ground to make up and a lot of shuffling to do. More quotes from Brian Cashman. Obviously, we got Nestor Cortez Jr. coming back as well yeah. as Jonathan Loisega soon, and we know that we have better baseball in us, Cashman told reporters. We haven't shown that and, and proven that, but we've got two more months to show that. You're kidding me. I mean, you are just kidding me. We're yeah. better than this. No shit you're better than this, but you haven't proven that, and it's August. You're not yeah. better than the Rays. You're not better than the Blue Jays. You're not better than the Orioles. You're not better than the Astros. You're not better than the Rangers. You're not better than the Twins. You might be better than the Twins, but it doesn't matter because they're making the playoffs anyway. Because yeah. it's the Central or it's the Guardians. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Cowards. Yeah. All right. I'm my nephew. And I'm about to get even not as fired up because they're not my team. The Red Sox were cowards just as much as the Yankees were at the <laughs> trade. And it's the same story. They have about a 24% chance. So, all right, let's go buy Boston Red Sox. 
Nope. Luis Arias, that's the addition. The guy that the Milwaukee Brewers sent down to AAA. I get it. Maybe you're looking for a little bit of a rebound there. That's not enough. So the Red Sox could have sat here and said, all right, what do we need? We could definitely use some starting pitching. Who's out there? Oh, I don't know. Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, I don't know. Dylan Cease. I don't know. They probably could have given a better package than the Phillies did for Michael Lorenzen. Right? Or let's sell. Not our year this year. Okay. I could get behind that too. That's a plan, right? And they have a bunch of pieces that they could have done it with. Justin Turner, for one, you could sell him. James Paxton, look how well he's done. You get a decent He's a free agent, too. He's he's a free agent agent after the year. year. Adam Duvall, you could sell him. Free agent. Right? Kenley Jansen, look at the reliever market. You could have ended up trading him. And I'm not saying they didn't sell so bad deadline. They didn't buy so bad deadline. No. Have a fucking plan, Aram. Heim Bloom, Brian Cashman, both of them put their hands under their butts and just sat there and were too scared to make a move. Yeah. And I'm not in that front office. I'm not, obviously. So I don't know what the deals that were slid across the table. But they weren't aggressive, and that's just the bottom line. And now their teams are sitting here in bad situations moving forward this year, and they didn't capitalize and have a plan for next year either. And I don't think either of them are making the playoffs anyway. So now we just sit here and see this is the team. That's the interesting thing with the Red Sox because, look, they're playing really good ball right now overall, and and you can justify wanting to keep the band together to a degree. But you also have to look at the – yeah. And then – but then they don't want to get rentals. It's this weird tweener spot. But they were deep in negotiations, according to multiple reports, with the Justin Turner deal with the Marlins until ultimately it fell through like at the 11th hour. Like if you were that serious about trading Justin Turner, who's under contract for next year as well and is playing unbelievably well, why would you not trade away maybe some of your rentals like an Adam Duvall, who I think actually could have got you a decent piece. Jaron Duran's playing out of his mind. You have Yoshida. You still have Verdugo. I'm just surprised that they felt than the need to hold on to Duvall when they could have probably got something for him. I understand if you trade James Paxton, you don't have much in the pitching department, but look at what you could have got for Paxton in this market as well, uh, or maybe one of your other relievers. I know they don't have a ton of great relievers, but I would have liked to have seen something done uh, by them. I thought they could have at least moved one or two pieces made some adjustments. Other teams got creative. You saw the Mariners and the D-backs. You mentioned the Seawall trade. Like The Mariners didn't sell. They reshuffled a little bit. They got an upgrade at second base, which isn't saying much in Rojas, but you know, to, to adjust with Colton Wong, they move a reliever who they don't need because the rest of their relievers are really good, and they get a decent prospect in Ryan Bliss that can help them, and they get another outfielder who is, is pretty decent and can zone. Like, you can get creative. I, I, I felt like the Red Sox and the Yankees didn't do that. Uh, and, and I think it makes it even more interesting when you see that they were seriously considering moving Justin Turner and then didn't move some of the expiring pieces. Uh, that that to me was a, a, was a weird situation. And, you know, if both these teams don't make the playoffs and then they lose a couple guys in free agency, it's just kind of a misuse of assets. Just curious. I picked the Yankees second and the Red Sox third. Would you have picked the Red Sox first, Yankees second? I know it's arbitrary because I picked both of them anyway. But who do you think had a worse deadline? I think the Yankees because they could justify moving a bullpen arm and not it doesn't really impact them as much. The Red Sox moved Paxton like that hurts. Uh, they could have moved Duvall. I think that's more equivalent to the Yankees bullpen situation. Um, but I felt like the Yankees had more pieces that they could dump. 
Um, and they also Even have a Glaber, better farm, right? They could have traded Glaber and got yeah. a big ass return, right? They you also have and Volpe. What's the future anyway? Exactly, and they have a better farm system as well. So, like, I can understand the Red Sox saying, "Hey, like, we're not we're not doing anything for rental. Our system's just now getting decent." The, the Yankees have a deep farm. They could have also went out and bought. I thought they had more ability to be creative than the Red Sox and didn't do anything at all. Like at least even the Red Sox got Arias. Like I'd I would rather put have Arias Middleton, Middleton close to that. I'd rather have Arias than Middleton. Yes, absolutely. I think he'd, he'd help the Yankees more right now. Yeah. Than Middleton. He's the best, one of the best bullpens in major league baseball. Why'd they go get a reliever? And if they, you're going to go get the reliever, then trade one of your other relievers like that. We saw teams doing that. Again, the D-backs moved Chafin after like, that's how you get creative. I totally agree. Cause if you get Middleton, you can at least part with a clay Holmes or a Wani Peralta at yeah. least do something. And yeah. they got Spencer Howard from the Rangers. Oh, nice. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a fun one. Reclamation fun. project. And you know, the Yankees are really good at that. Maybe he'll turn into something and we'll sit here and be like, wow, the Yankees deadline was great. Look at Spencer Howard now. Stop. <laughs> but before we get into your fourth and fifth pick, we got a message from Alt. Yes. Uh, the sports card market is heating up in the second half of the season, which this is why you got to check out Alt, which is basically the only place to search for cards. It's Alt.xyz. It's the only platform that allows you to search all the major marketplaces and eBay at once. You just download the free Alt app and type a player or card into the search bar and Alt will return every graded card available for sale. So if you want to see what the price is on a certain prospect or compare that prospect to a certain big leaguer, you search that name and you can go find basically all of those cards that are for sale or have sold to get an idea of what the price is. You can be notified as well every time a card is available. So if you search, let's say I want Roman Anthony cards because that Red Sox prospect has been super hot right now. I can go there, search it, put a little notification on if I don't see a card that you know was for sale in my price range and I'll be notified every single time somebody posts a Roman Anthony card for sale. You'll never have to use another app for researching and buying baseball cards ever again. And the link is in our podcast description to download the app and check it out for free. It's become one of the best tools for me to pick up cards for my collection, to pick up prospect cards, to also sell as well uh, and, and get an idea of what some of my cards are worth. You can do a lot of different things. You can buy with their fixed price marketplace and buy weekly liquid auctions that feature a curated selection of the most sought after cards in the hobby. You can also sell through maximizing your card sales by reaching a global audience of passionate collectors across multiple marketplaces. So check out that link in our episode description. If you have any questions, my DMs are always open to talk cards. You know, I love talking cards. Just had a great time doing that with a couple of our Just Baseball listeners uh, over at the National Card Show. Had a great time hanging out with a, a couple of homies there. Um, always happy to answer questions as it pertains to cards. That's what I'm talking about, Arm. Number four, who you got? Who sucked? So this is an interesting one. I think the Detroit Tigers really fumbled the bag in a I lot agree. of ways. I'll start with the most egregious part. So I thought they did okay. Lorenzen for how you Lee. Lee's a good, a good prospect, rental pitcher. They did fine there. Not trading Eduardo Rodriguez is nuts. And there's a few reasons. And again, this is another one of those delicate situations that we're not in on, but there's also some common sense aspects to this. When you signed Eduardo Rodriguez, I think you kind of hoped they hoped that they were going to be competitive some, somewhat soon. But you also have to give yourself a chance to, if we're not competitive, 
We get, they gave him a player option. So you shouldn't also give him a player option and a no trade cost. Makes it very hard to eventually trade him. On top of that, was there no I know there was no communication last year when he went MIA. But now, was there no communication about what teams he doesn't want to go to? Like you ha- you should have some idea. If you knew he didn't want to go to LA, you're spending all this time negotiating on a trade to send him to LA and that falls through. Now all of a sudden, you got to try to pivot at the 11th hour to try to get something for Eduardo Rodriguez who for our money, we talked about it like you saw the return that Jordan Montgomery got. Yes, there was someone attached on top of him. But I, I would rather have Eduardo Rodriguez than Jamon, and and I think a lot of teams feel that way too in terms of just pure pitching ability. They could have got a really good return for him, and not only do they get nothing for him now in trade when he opts out of this contract, as we presume he will, they're not going to get a comp pick either because he already got the qualifying offer from the Red Sox in 2021. You can't get a qualifying offer. T- twice so they're not even going to get a comp pick back for him i thought that was really really bad Uh, i saw something from ken rosenthal that said uh, a rival executive told him that quote the tigers were trying to be the last man standing at the ball and and as it was put in the athletic they fumbled the ball at the goal line and saw it run back 100 yards the other way that to me was nuts you know i would have traded traded alex lang no doubt about it. You know, I'm trading my relievers. Foley didn't end up going anywhere either, right, Peter? Nope. Didn't like, end up going come anywhere. Come on, cash in on Foley. That. Is Foley going to be good next year? Like, maybe. He might. He could also. It's volatile. It's relievers. You could have got a haul for Foley with some control. I thought they really fumbled the bag here. I've been very positive about Scott Harris in the early going. The draft was a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, now this deadline has been a bit of a head scratcher, and I thought that the uh, thought the Tigers gave up a, a really big opportunity to add some some reinforcements to that farm system as the big league team starts to look good. Right, they've got young players starting to break through. Riley Green looks like he's finally figuring it out. Kerry Carpenter slumping right now, but I love Kerry Torkelson are finally starting to get it going offensively. Your pitchers are starting to come together. Matt Manning looks serviceable. Scooball has been awesome. Like they're coming together reinforce the farm system, but instead another just kind of didn't do enough situation. And, you know, I think they're going to regret that in, in in a couple of years when they look back. Even the Michael Lorenzen deal wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, how you Lee has a seven seventy three OPS in the minors right now, 20 year old in high, eight. so it's still early, right? He could still be a good prospect, but we saw what the other pitchers got at the deadline. Now there's special circumstances, right? You're not getting a Max Scherzer package unless you give the other team, $70 million. Same thing with Verlander. But we saw what Jordan Montgomery got. Even the White Sox got a pretty good package. Nick DeShnerini for Lance Lynn, even though Lynn yeah. shoved against the A's, but like, yeah, what are you going to no, do there? But... Um, I thought they could have gotten even a better package for Lorenzen. So I don't, and Lorenzen shoved against the Miami Marlins as we're recording today, right? I thought they did terribly. I was considering picking them with my third pick over the Red Sox, but the Red yeah. Sox and Yankees were just tied so tightly together because it was a very similar circumstance where they're in a terrible spot team-wise and they had a terrible deadline. But the Tigers should have pulled a White Sox. Like the White Sox were in our winners episode because yeah. Rick Hahn said, you know what? We're going to get as much as we can for these guys. And he did. 
Yeah. I mean, like an example is Kendall Graveman, who's not been very good this year. I think you could have got more for Foley. You probably could have got more for Lang because they come with control and they're cheaper. They got that. He got you Corey Lee. I, Corey Lee's not the prospect that he once was. I always thought he was a very overrated prospect from the Astros. But at the same time, like Corey Lee's got a floor, I think, of a backup catcher and a chance to be at least to like a league average catcher. You got that for a reliever that's not cheap. Uh, like th- in terms of the money owed to him, like that, that to me is just another one of those examples where you could have got some pieces that help you both short-term and long-term for Foley, for Lang, and then some of the other guys, it's of course, and then of too. course, Erod. Like there's, yes, like, there's and we thought relievers. we thought Erod was going to be one of the most valuable trade chips. And I think he was, I'm really, I, I would kill to know what the package was from the Dodgers because I guarantee it's some good prospects and some other teams out there would have probably pitched something close to that. So definitely a, a fumble by Scott Harrison, you know, that in this kind of first full deadline for him. So Erod did not end up going to the Dodgers. Like you said, that trade was was in place and Eduardo Rodriguez decided, no, I want to stay in Detroit. Um, could have been because of his wife. That's at least the rumors that I think everybody's right, hearing. Family, yeah, his family, just being closer but, to his family. But I have no idea. I'm not even worried about that. What I am curious about is, and not to say that I'm not worried about it, as if I just like, that's not something I care to get into, right, about him and his family decisions. But what I do think is interesting, so he was a former Boston Red Sox, of course, and a lot of guys on the Dodgers were teammates with him, most notably like J.D. Martinez, right? And a couple of the Dodgers teammates texted Eduardo Rodriguez when they heard about the potential deal and said, Hey man, are you excited or what's going on? Didn't respond to any of them. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. I I found that to be interesting. Now I I don't have an answer to why or, and it's all speculation. I don't really want to speculate. I just found that really interesting that he just went, just didn't respond to those guys. I think he had no interest in even having a conversation about going to LA. And, And so if it was that clear cut, like, how do the Tigers not know that? Like, hey, exactly. Erod knows he's a trade candidate. Have a conversation with him. Hey, you have this no trade clause, this partial no trade clause. You know, would you be open to being moved here, here, or here, so that we're not, you know, negotiating deals at the goal line and then having it fall through, and now we don't have enough time to pivot elsewhere? Like, you got to have an idea of where this guy wants to go when he has the ability to veto a deal. You always hear it. I mean, you remember when Giancarlo Stanton was getting traded? Uh, he, he said where he does and does not want to go. It pigeonholed the Marlins a little bit, but at least they got something for him. Like it, it, Even if it pigeonholed the Tigers, if it became a public report that he only wants to play for three teams and they all have to be in the Midwest, fine. You're still If you got two 28th and 29th ranked prospects in a system, you're better off than yeah. you're going to be if Eduardo Rodriguez opts out and and leaves for nothing. So that that's my biggest frustration there with with what the Tigers did. I thought it lacked some foresight. Again, we don't know everything that happened. Maybe he said he was okay with going somewhere and then changed his mind in the eleventh hour. But again, that would be weird too. I, I I just think it was a bizarre situation. And even if you want to put Erod aside, the reliever should have been gone. Gone. What are you doing with Justin? Foley? What are you doing with Foley? Like, I just don't understand. Traded like a Zach McKinstry. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Like they could have done more. And I think you made a really good point. I think the Eduardo Rodriguez situation is not really on Erod. No, he's the Harris. He exercised his the right in his contract. Yeah, and if a man wants to be closer to his family, all the power to him. 
That's exactly. you have the right to do that as a veteran with that in your contract. I don't want to leave. Okay. Veto. Yeah. Um, I signed a big deal here. I want to stay. My family and I are settled down here. And even if, even if it's not about winning or losing, he got the bag and like, I respect that. I want to stay yeah, in Detroit. I like Detroit. What if they said, you know, I don't know how close, how, what's, what's close to Detroit, I, whatever the team is, that's closest to Detroit. What if they said, what if we move you over here? And, you know, he says, oh, I'd be open to that. And you approach that team and say, hey, and they're like, hey, we're not looking to give up that much prospect wise. And they could say, hey, we'll take 70 cents on the dollar, but we need something for him um, and work out a deal with someone that's a team that's close to them, you know, in Detroit that maybe he's willing to 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 go to like Reds, that. Reds again, there could have been. We're not I was really thinking about the guys. Reds. Like I was thinking about the Reds. I just didn't want to like expose myself geographically. I am I think bad with close. the Midwest. I'm East Coast biased. We get it wrong. We get it wrong. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I think the but Reds like, are close. Hypothetically speaking, the Reds, let's say they're close. That's let's one where close. it's a, I'm just totally exposing myself. It's just like mad. We, we need Jack. We need Jack. Yeah, we need Jack. Jack knows yeah. the Midwest. He'd be like broadcasted exactly through. 88 miles away by car. It's about <laughs> two hours. You know, I've um, been there, there and back. He's, he's looking up the map right now. Um, Cincinnati to Detroit. It's a four-hour drive. Easy. A four-hour drive. Eduardo, We've I, had Culver's before, and yeah. we're Midwest guys. We know yeah. that Cincinnati's we, close we, to Detroit. I, I knew – I had no doubts that Cincinnati yeah. was close to Detroit. Um, I, So like, – but that's an example, right? Like, okay, four hours away, you can make that work. That's a, a skip and a jump of a flight. And the Reds don't want to give up big prospects right now. Okay. Then – now you approach them and say, "Hey, dude, we'll we'll take we'll take a fraction." Yeah, you know, we'll, but it's still better than nothing. The Reds would have it would have been a perfect situation for the Reds. They they could cash in for for pretty cheap and go get somebody that really helps them this year. Reds look like a disaster night right now, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that that's where it's really confusing to me. I think Scott Harris learned a lot in this deadline. I'll say that. I agree. All right, I think we spent enough time with the Detroit Tigers. Let's get to your fifth pick. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to get back to back. Back to backs. Oh, now I'm. I was in this situation too yesterday, and it took me a little while because I had my big board, and I was like, "Now there's some. We're getting to the fringe losers." Yeah, it's like the ones where the fans are going to be like, "We're not losers." <laughs> um, mm. we're not losers. Uh, I'm gonna. You know what? Like, part of me wants to say Cincinnati Reds mm. because you know they, they've obviously were disappointing, but all the things we said about the Orioles, I don't know if it's totally applicable to the reds because the reds i do genuinely think are like kind of like i've had a special first half like i don't think it's totally there for them this year and i, I can don't see think the window is fully open for them yet no, i don't think they're they wanted to leverage the farm i don't think they're no. losers they're not winners but I don't they don't have like... the best re- they don't have the best record in the national league yeah right? they're not and top five losers they're not standing on their head with a bunch of rookies that are you know playing or there's they are standing on their head with a bunch of rookies that are playing out of their out of their minds the Orioles, you know, have a little bit more going for them beyond that. Honestly, like just how like I'm thinking out loud here because there's a few different teams that I could consider. I think I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I'm going to go with the Dodgers because <laughs> I know it sucks for them that the E-Rod deal fell through. But you're the freaking L.A. Dodgers. And again, I think some of the smarter organizations found themselves in a situation where they just did not want to overpay uh, for some rentals and things like that. But man, like Michael Bush is still on this team. Michael Bush is the most blocked dude in major league ba- in, in minor league baseball. It's so annoying. Him and Joey Ortiz, who's also still in the Orioles, free those men, please. 
I mean, those prisoners, I mean, I mean, prospects <laughs> need to get some big league opportunities, but you could have cashed in a Bush. You another team, they could have done exactly what the Astros did financially. I don't, again, I, I don't know if Verlander um, was willing to go there. I bet Michael Bush was in the trade for Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, uh, guarantee, guarantee it. No, guarantee. that that's the biggest lock of all time. Yeah. Um, that's the unfortunate side of it. Uh, and, and that's, that's part of it too. I guess, you know, they kind of got hosed on that because if they did get Erod and it's not their job to know if Erod's going to veto it or not, yeah. uh, they got hosed by Scott Harris, but I'll say like, I don't like their additions that much. Like Lance Lynn's a fine get for depth to hold them down. Um, Ahmed Rosario is like, I know he's, he's actually had a nice four games to start with them, but like it's Ahmed Rosario, man. I just thought they made so many like meh uninspiring moves that it just didn't feel like the Dodgers to me. Maybe, you know, I'm pitting the Dodgers against themselves because they usually make the big splash, but I would have liked to have seen them make the big splash. I mean, that's you're the Dodgers. And I just, it's surprising to see, you know, Ahmed Rosario, Lance Lynn. I did like the Joe Kelly get for them, but Kike Hernandez, what's he doing for you? I just felt like they, they just continue to make like very between the margins moves for a team. That's very good. But, you know, I don't think they're on par with the Braves. I think they needed to make a move to get on par with the Braves. And they didn't. So I think it's going to be interesting. Like, I don't even think they have the division locked up just yet. It looks like they're starting to. But a good move would have kind of helped put them over the top. I think you could also say the same thing about the Giants. I think I think there's like a, a tie of several teams, you know, in the final spot. But I'll, I'll, I'll go Dodgers uh, just because I thought it was just like a weird deadline for them. So I'm not going to sniff your farts on this one. I kind of disagree that the Dodgers should be in the top five losers category because I look at a bunch of different teams and I'll give you two that I think were bigger losers than the Dodgers. L- what did they need? They needed a starting pitcher to kind of fill innings because they are going to get back Walker Bueller soon, which you can catch on the Just Baseball show every Monday talking through his rehab. So if they were on the finish line for Eduardo Rodriguez and that falls through at the 11th hour, they couldn't exactly pivot. They could have gotten... Dylan Cease, but it was very rushed because they really thought they were getting Eduardo Rodriguez. So I couldn't really blame them for that. They needed another bullpen arm, and Joe Kelly has had some of his best years on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Now, we talked about the Noah Syndergaard and Ahmed Rosario trade yesterday, how I thought the Guardians, like, while Noah Syndergaard is, is not a very good pitcher, he did look relatively good for them, and at least Ahmed Rosario has been good so far. I mean, they got him for free. They got him for free, too. So, I agree. I wouldn't put the Dodgers as winners. Yeah. But let me tell you two teams that I thought lost more. And my last pick. But I want to kind of go over these two, and and you tell me if you you'll, think the Dodgers are bigger losers. I, you'll probably convince me, because that one I didn't feel great about. And I'm curious to see who you say here, because I, I, I'm already warming up to another team that I think could be a bigger loser. In their division, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Right. I mean, who'd they go get G-Man Choi and Rich Hill? I mean, what are we doing here? If we're talking about a team like the Mets who doesn't see themselves in playoff contention, if we're talking about teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox who sat on their hands, it's exactly what the San Diego Padres did. They did a soft buy, but even the additions, I mean, what are we doing here? Rich Hill said he's going to retire soon. He hasn't been any good. G-Man Choi has been what an average hitter. Like, is he going to revitalize healthy. when healthy? Yeah. Is he going to revitalize the bottom of the line? 
lineup? Absolutely not. What did they need? They needed bullpen guys. There was plenty of bullpen arms available, even though we talked about some teams that didn't end up trading them. There was plenty. You could have made a buy there. You could have burned it down, right? You've extended you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Tatis, Bogarts, Machado. When you're going to give Blake Snell the money that he deserves as quite possibly the best pitcher in the National League this season? You could have yeah. gotten a mega haul for him. Or you buy. Same thing with Soto. Are you going to give him the $400 million that he might get? It doesn't seem likely. So I guess you're just going to keep sitting there and waiting. And I understand them not selling. I really do. They have changed yeah, San hard. Diego sports. I said that on the last episode. Chargers are gone. The Padres are selling out every single game, it seems like, at Petco Park. Then buy. Right? You're AJ Preller. You already yeah. you already threw the chips in. Right? It's like in blackjack, you get an eleven, you already have a big big hand. You have to double down. Even I if you're down, if they were gonna buy. even if you're down, even if you're even down if you're on the day, you have to double down. You on have the to 11. double down on eleven. Yeah. So the Padres, I felt were way bigger losing the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm with the you. Dodgers did shit. They, yeah, Rich and, 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 you know, yeah. and the Dodgers didn't didn't need to do as much shit either way. I, I, you've already convinced me. I'm curious who your last pick is, and then I'm going to substitute. I'm going to substitute the Dodgers. <laughs> Go ahead. My last pick is the Minnesota Twins. Okay, cool. So right? I'll have my I'll the, I'll, the, I'll do my substitution. The, the Twins <laughs> traded Dylan Floro for Jorge Lopez. I thought they lost that trade, right? Yeah, and that's I it. Would prefer <laughs> Jorge Lopez to Dylan Floro. The Twins this season, there is one team worse than them against left-handed pitching. That's the Colorado Rockies. The Minnesota Twins have an 83 WRC plus this season. In the last month, 79 WRC plus. Last two weeks, 34 WRC plus. They needed bats that can hit left-handed pitching. Tommy Pham was available. Diamondbacks got him. Mark Canna was available. Brewers got him. There was plenty of nothing. For nothing. There was plenty of platoon bats out there. What about getting Dylan Carlson? The Cardinals were open for business. What about Tyler O'Neill? He can certainly hit a lefty, and he's kind of heating up here a little bit, hit a couple of home runs. Could have gotten him. There were so many different things that they could have done. And I felt that they were scared. Yeah. They remember Tyler Malley for Christian Encarnacion Strand and Spencer Steer. I think they were sitting there yeah. scared. Cowards. Mm-hmm. So my coward yeah. draft is the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Twins, and the Padres. And you throw the That's Orioles fair. in there, but you took them. And That's fair. The Tigers were cowards too. Yeah. This is just, you didn't, like the Twins are one and a half games above the Guardians, and the Guardians like kind of sold, but they're still competing. They, they might not win the division, even though the the team that's like barely above 500 who kind of sold might end up taking this division Dude. still. The the Guardians may catch them running backwards. Literally, like, Joe Ryan gave up seven or runs. He's got an ERA in the mid fours now, which is crazy. Crazy. It, that definitely was a bad because the Twins too. Like they had some assets, like Louis Varlin. They don't need. You can oh. use that to go get somebody. Um, Canna was dirt cheap. The, they got Justin Jarvis for him, who's not a very, barely a top thirty prospect. Like, and then Fam was not much of a a, a price to pay either. Two guys that would immensely help with the splits. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with my last pick. I'm going to switch. I'm going to go reds because I'm looking at it now, dude. Like I know they're getting Hunter green back at some point, but until that happens, you're, you're very much trying to survive. And you just had Ben lively go down. You you don't have Lodolo either. 
Ashcraft, Abbott, Williamson, Weaver, and then whoever the hell you can plug in the five spot. Like, what a disaster. The only move you make is Sam Mole, who you give up Joe Boyle for, who actually is like, I think he's ultimately a reliever, but that's a guy that throws 100 and has great strikeout numbers, horrible command. But like, you gave up at least an okay pitching prospect for a guy that barely is going to help your team. Yeah, he has some control, and I think that's the only reason why they did it. Uh, I, I thought they could have done a bunch of different things to help this team. And honestly, at a very like low cost, I'd be trying to see what it takes to get Louis Varwin. Like, get creative here. We talk about prospect for prospect deals. What prospects do we need to trade you to get Louis Varwin? Maybe there's a deal that could be made there. Um, if that's not on the table, get creative. Like, I, I think there's some cheap pitchers that they could have added. It doesn't need to be Eduardo Rodriguez or even Michael Lorenzen. They could have went out and basically any fringe starter is going to be better than what they've got. They literally don't have a fifth body right now. It's It's legitimately next man up. I would have done a try to get creative, whether it would be going to get a Louis Varlin, whether it would be getting another reliever to try to shorten these games, getting a depth arm in some way or another. Uh, I, I think part of the reason why we're seeing the wheels fall off is they're they're just really squeezing out every single ounce they can possibly get out of this rotation. And, and I think it's a really tough spot to be in. We heard all this noise of, oh, you know, they might get creative and try to trade India for control or, you know, try and trade somebody else. I think they could have just dumped some some lower level prospects, maybe bought you know a fringy arm, and and I think that would have helped them a lot right now because they're at a massive disadvantage, two out of five days, and you can make the case almost three out of five days right now. If you didn't want to make a move because guys are coming back, I get it, but you could have went out and got somebody. Like they're gonna probably start Levi Stout. Like that's crazy. Like that's an unusable guy borderline. You could have found a better option than Levi Stout for very cheap. First of all, I want to shout out the Chicago Cubs. 36 runs in the last two games against the Cincinnati Reds. They are getting hot. Do not sleep on them, potentially winning the division after being winners. We talked about them yesterday, adding Jaime Candelario when they've had almost no production from the corners this season. The Cubs are getting hot. Shout out Chicago. But on that same sidearm, who is a Reds prospect that's similar to Hayu Lee? Who could they have gotten? For Michael Lorenzen, bring him back to Cincinnati. That wouldn't have hurt them at all. And he's yeah. been good. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's one that, you know, and, and maybe you have a chance to extend him when you bring him back. So, like, maybe there's a way to or re-sign him at the very least. They have a, they have a handful of prospects, I think, that are somewhat similar to how you lead. Like, they could have – I know Reds fans will, like, squirm, but I don't think Edwin Arroyo is that good. I know you don't want to trade him for a rental. You could have done it with – Edwin Arroyo for Lorenzen and Foley. Now you have a controllable reliever that helps you. Uh, maybe it could be more than that too. Maybe you do a larger deal for, for Lang, and now you have an insane back end of the bullpen and you get a rental you know, in, in Lorenzen who you could hopefully retain. Even even they could have gone lower end and traded a couple other prospects that have some intrigue, you know, like a Sal Stewart who's still at low A and a little bit very far off. Like They have plenty of guys that they could have moved, I think, that would have helped them for this year and beyond so for me i i think that they could have they could have found a way that like look at the marlins i I don't think the marlins were you know absolute you know fist pump winners but they saw that their team you know it's probably might not happen this year but they wanted to give this team a shot because the team has earned a shot so they bought to help this year but not without putting all the chips forward this year yeah both josh bell and jake berger are penciled into the corners for next year too. Robertson was their one rental, but they the two most expensive acquisitions 
are guys that are going to be on the team next year. I think the Reds could have done something like that, especially with some relievers. If you're not going to get a starter, at least shorten these ball games up and take some pressure off of Alexis Diaz. And Robertson's done really well for the Marlins. Oh, God, don't get me started. That was the only trade I didn't like. Ironically, the Reds, only trade I didn't like. Holy crap. It just never fails. It's Paddock for Rodney all over again, man. It's Paddock for Rodney all over again. I just had to get you a little bit fired up before we get into the prospect report. So my draft, I took the Yankees. I took the Red Sox. And I took the Padres with my honorable mention being the Minnesota Twins. Remind the people of your draft. Yeah, so we, we scratched out one. Uh, I'm, a, I, I'm a serial offender of that when I order food, too. Uh, never mind, scratch that out and, and, and order something else. But I went with the Orioles, number one. My memory on podcasts is brutal. Orioles, number one. Tigers. Who'd I go with number two? Who'd I want with number two? Tigers. Tigers, oh, yeah, Tigers, number two. And then number three was uh, pivoting to the Cincinnati Reds because I thought they were just lame um, in, in a lot of ways. Was there any other teams that you felt just like, was there anybody else on your big board? Because I, on my big board, I had the Orioles, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Padres, the Tigers, and the Twins. So I don't have any other losers, but there was no. anybody else you considered that we just didn't end up drafting? I thought about the Giants and then I saw their injury list, you know, their IL, and it's just like, you know, why why try to acquire guys like you're gonna get Estrada back you're hopefully gonna get Hanniger back like it's just been an unfortunate injury situation then Discofani went down they were thinking about moving starting pitching I think the Giants are just in a crappy situation health wise and they're gonna go crazy in in, in off season I think so I I don't fault the Giants much for for their spot I don't think anybody else really like stood out in a major negative way I agree. Um, I you know I would have liked to see the Royals like move Salvador Perez, but they're never going to do that like ever. Um, so no, I don't Carlo. think anybody like I don't think anybody really really stood out in in a negative way uh, other than the guys the teams that we mentioned. It's true. I apologize, Padres fans. You guys did get Scott Barlow. Good job. Oh Seems yeah. Help. Wow. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. Time for the prospect report. Let's Our, go. Who has been hot in the minor leagues? that fans of teams should be keeping an eye on because now we're post-deadline. And first, I want to shout out Aram's podcast called The Call-Up. You guys have heard about it plenty of times, and I'm sure a lot of you are dedicated listeners to it. But I'm currently listening to the top prospects traded at the deadline. It's a great episode already, so make sure you go check that out. And how about the guys that are just really, really good right now? Some fun ones right now. Um, remember Chase DeLauder? Uh, yes, floated as potential top five pick out of James Madison University. Ends up getting picked later in the first round because of some injury issues. And he uh, didn't have quite the year that everyone thought he would have. And he looks really good. Obviously, late start to his professional career because he had a fluky broken foot. And now, over his last 20 games in high A, and this is really kind of his first stint now in professional baseball consistently, Slashing 403, 456, 681 in the Guardian system. This guy's really good, man. I've enjoyed watching the video. The swing is much better than it was when I when I saw him at JMU, where he, the lower half was inconsistent. He's putting up really good exit velocities. He's fast for a 6'4, 230 guy. Uh, he can play good outfield in either corner, sneak by in center, and the approach is phenomenal. Chase Delotter's stock is going to be rising really, really quickly, I think, as someone that was drafted in the first round and then just kind of was forgotten about because he was hurt and got such a late start to his professional career. Another guy who is 
playing out of his mind. And I just actually had Gordon Graceffo, right-handed pitching prospect in the Guardian, or excuse me, in the Cardinal system on the podcast to talk about Mason Wynn. Um, obviously, that was not why I had him on, but at the end, we I asked him about Mason Wynn. Graceffo is you know, a really solid prospect in that system, and check that interview out on Friday. But Mason Wynn, man, he's turned into one of the best shortstop prospects in the game. He's 21 years old in AAA. And over his last, yeah, I just love queuing it up and just trying to load it up by like picking the exact perfect number to fit your narrative. Last 30 <laughs> games, 320, 386, 641 slash line, nine home runs, eight triples, or sorry, nine home runs, three triples, eight doubles, 13 walks, 19 strikeouts. This guy's walking nearly as much as he strikes out. All of a sudden, he's hitting for crazy power. He's stealing bases like crazy, too. And he's 21 in AAA, 90% zone contact in that span, and the exit velocities are going up. All I kept hearing every time I would hype up Mason Wynn, oh, how much power is he going to hit for? He's hit nine home runs in his last 30 games in AAA. Looks pretty good to me. He, I got more. No, no, I know. I, I He is one of those prospects where, you know, we get really excited about and you send us videos, and this man is explosive. Mason oh Wynn uh, in the Cardinals organization. If a lot of people might remember the name where we heard about in the futures game, where he threw like a hundred mile an hour seed across the infield, which oh. would have been the fastest, I think in major league baseball this season. And Justin Turner came out and said, I forget exactly what he <laughs> said, but he kind of dogged him. He was like, what does that happen? He's like, cool. Cool. You throw it hard, but like, yeah, cool, is, you it, throw is it, it hard. like on is the it money? Yes, it was on the money. And now he's really, really hitting. So it was already a guy, defensive first, cannon of an arm, that's now hitting for a ton of power, and he's just 21 years old in AAA. I assume when you make the update, he's going to be really high. Very high, and with Dion gone and and, maybe some reshuffling in that infield, he could be up in the big leagues by the end of this year. 16 home runs and 16 bags as a 21-year-old in in AAA while playing great defense is amazing. I know Jack has called some games with, with him playing, and Jack has just been mesmerized. Robbie Snelling, left-handed pitching prospect with the Padres. Um, Man, you say what you want about A.J. Preller, hell of a drafter. Robbie Snelling has been nasty, dude, just absolutely nasty over his last handful of starts. And one of the best athletes you're going to find on the mound. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But Snelling's last six starts, he's a 19-year-old in high A now. His last six starts, a 2-2-0 ERA, 30% strikeout rate. 5% 5% walk rate, 28 and two thirds innings, 22 hits allowed, 33 strikeouts. He's only given up one home run. Super athletic pitcher, which again, I'll get to. It's really cool. Some of his football offers are nuts. He was a sick linebacker. 93, 94 with the fastball, hammer of a curveball, and a changeup that keeps getting better and better. Peter, you ready for some of these football offers that, that Robbie Snelling had? NFL season starting soon. I'm I'm pretty hyped. I'm getting ready for yeah. the future, so I want to hear NFL stuff. Like that guy who uh, got drafted by the Astros. What was his name again? I went back and watched his tape, and I was like, dude, this guy's – why is he going to play baseball? This dude's a freak. Oh, Bryce, Bryce Matthews. <laughs> I yeah. was like, this guy's a These guys are freaks. Okay, here's Robbie Snelling. Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State, Auburn, Boise State, Cal, Michigan, Nebraska, Nevada, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Oregon State, Penn State, San Diego State, Stanford, Texas, Tulane, UCLA, UNLV, Utah, Vanderbilt, Virginia, Washington State. Four-star linebacker. Linebacker. Not a quarterback. Four-star receiver, a linebacker. Four-star linebacker, and this guy's shoving. 
on the mound as a lefty, like polished lefty. Wow. What's his stuff look like? So, I mean, the fastball is 93, 94, but it jumps. Like it's one of those just IVB darling it's a linebacker fastballs. fastball. It's, it's like a linebacker. If, it's a bully ball fastball. And like then the changeup is ours. It's like if Clay Matthews took the mound and just threw it as hard as he could. It's, it's getting some life on it. <laughs> he's getting IVB on it, though. And then he's 19. Changeup curve are really good. It's a three-pitch mix that's already solid. And it's talking about athleticism on the mound, its ability to repeat mechanics. He can do that. Only walking 6% of batters on the year. One more pitcher I'll put more time into, and then I'll fly through the last few names. Cade Horton with the Cubs is turning into, I think, probably the best healthy pitching prospect in Major League Baseball. Um, wow. This guy is unbelievable. His double-A debut, and this is number seven overall pick. Last year, Cubs fans were like, what? Because he'd only thrown like 40 co- collegiate innings. He was a two-way player, underwent Tommy John surgery, so he had missed a lot of time. Um, not even 22 yet. And his double-A debut, four innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, six Ks. They're managing his innings a little bit, so he's mostly only throwing like 50, 60 pitches now because he kind of hit an innings you know, mark pretty quickly because of how dominant he was. Fastball is up to 98, touching 99 with really good life. And this is a guy, remember, he's thrown like 40 innings prior to this. So for how polished he is already, it's insane. His slider, I'll just take you through opponent numbers against each pitch. Fastball, opponents are hitting have a 751 OPS, but that's gone down, down, down as the year's gone on. Another big whiff heater. Slider, opponents have a 344 OPS. It's disgusting. Then his curveball, he doesn't throw it as much, but when he does, it's devastating. Opponents have a 250 OPS. He throws that around 11% of the time. And then he just adjusted the grip of his changeup to go more with that like split Vulcan type grip. Like a and that pitch type. all of a sudden looks really good. 560 OPS against. So he has a chance to have three plus pitches and a fourth pitch that's above average. He's carving dudes up. Cade Horton's turning into, again, I think arguably one of the best, if not the best healthy pitching prospect in baseball right now. The Cubs have a really good one there. Okay. That's all sounded awesome. But 40 innings already maybe the best healthy pitching prospect. Like that's that's a big statement you just made. I'm here for it. I'm a guy who loves big statements. Yeah, I know. You encourage me. me. Trouble. Oh, absolutely. You'll read my list and be like, yawn, needs to be hotter takes. Uh, <laughs> I was saying Ellie Daly Cruz should be the number one prospect like when I first saw him. No, but the best, the best. Like, what makes you think that? Just take us through your mind when when you come to that kind of conclusion. It's like the balance of what he can already do with the upside, with the pitch mix. And, you know, when you have a baseline fastball that's already plus and then the feel for the secondaries, you got a really good shot to be very good. He's striking out 36% of batters and walking just 6%. And again, his arsenal, he's still feeling it out. He's just learning that changeup and it's already good. He's one of those guys that's like, it's annoying like how quickly he learns things. His issue in college was, oh, his two breaking balls look too similar within the first starter of this year, starts differentiating the slider and the, and the curveball. Now those look like two very distinct, potentially plus pitches. Oh, the fastball, you know, the shape isn't the best. All of a sudden now it's just flying out of his hand with crazy life. Oh, that that old changeup, you know, it wasn't working for you. Okay, I'm going to go with this like Kevin Gosman adjacent grip and somehow is already using it in games. Most guys have to throw 20 bullpens before they even try it in a game. He's already getting whiffs with it in a game. It's just the way he's able to learn so quick his command already, his athleticism as a two-way player, and his domination already. 
uh, I, I'm all in on on Cade Horton, and I think he's going to be a special talent and and potentially a frontline guy for the Cubs and up very soon. Flying through the last few names, can Owen Casey, say, another Cubs can I just guy. Say, yes, you convinced me. I mean, <laughs> there we I'm go. Sure Cubs fans are so fired up when they just heard that. Oh, they're yeah. like, "Holy shit, we got a we got a horse coming up." Cubs oh, fans they got, got another horse. horse. Justin Steele. That was only the beginning. Good shit, Cubs. They got fans. a horse. Get fired up here. Real quick now, Owen Casey Cubs. I've talked about him. I love Owen Casey. I think we're just baseball is higher on him than anybody in the prospect world. He's just turned 21 years old in double A tact tact ball league. Strikeout rates high. And I think that's why people are kind of concerned. It's a 30% K rate, but 20 years old at that level for most of the season, 90th percentile exit velocity of 110 miles an hour. Mm. That would be among the top 10 to 12 players in major league baseball. Uh, 20 home runs already this season hits the living crap out of the ball from the left side. And I think there's a better field to hit than he gets credit for. I think the hit tool is going to at least be average. Uh, this dude has hit baseballs as hard as 117, 118 miles an hour. He's 6'4", 220. He's got more room to fill out. I think he could easily grow into plus, plus power. He basically already has plus, plus power. Uh, I think he could grow into some of the best power in the minors. Speaking of some of the best power in the minors, Lazaro Montes, this guy <laughs> with the Mariners, is a freak. I don't know if he's going to hit enough, to be honest. He's a monster dude that's probably already limited to DH at 18 years old. Um, he's like the I am 12 meme, but he hit a ball 118 miles an hour at, at the complex already. He's putting up great numbers already. He's a 995 OPS in his first full season at the complex now. He's been really awesome. Tamar Johnson putting up crazy exit velocities. He's not the plus-plus hitter that everybody said he was going to be, but he's got way more power than anybody gave him credit for, and he's already got the bump up to high A. And the then Pirates. Ricky Tiedemann. For the Ricky T. Oh, sorry. Tamar Johnson Pirates. Thank you. And then Ricky Tiedemann with the Blue Jays. He's getting healthy. And if he's healthy, he I think he's better than Kyle Harrison. I think he's right there. He might be better than Cade Horton. He might be the one guy, if he's healthy, that I'd take ahead of him. Rehab starting low A, three innings, hitless ball, one walk, six Ks. Fastball was up to 97. And the two secondaries are gross. And then last but not least, Victor Scott the second, St. Louis Cardinals prospect, seven. Bags. Can he get to 100 by the end of the season? We'll see. He's swinging it all right, too. I love the prospect report. I just sit here and shut the hell up and I learn. <laughs> and hopefully, the rest of the listeners of the Just Baseball show got their learning in of the minor leagues thanks to our guy, Arm Layton. So, that'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball show brought to you by BetMGM. Remember to use promo code Just Baseball when you sign up for all those great bonus bets and go check out that link for all of our card collectors for alt. It's something that both Arm and I use in order to look at the market because it has everything that you would need. That's in the episode description too. Another thing that's in the episode description is of course our merch store. I'm rocking the athletic long tee and I'm rocking the hat. Arm hates our company, so he's not wearing yes. anything. Don't Andre be Day. like Arm. Don't be like Arm. Go get yourself some just baseball merch. I'm draped out in it. I'm a just We've even got mugs. We got mugs, we got hats, we are we got flags, we got we got all the random cool essentials now too with the new distributor. Check it out. Deck out the the apartment, you know, deck out the dorm room. Uh, like let's do it. Just baseball looks cool in your dorm room. I agree. And if you're not a fan of spending any money, you're not even a fan of clicking links and getting a free app that is alt, just rate this podcast five stars, whether it be on Spotify yeah, or Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you know what's also free? Hitting the like button, hitting the comment button, hitting that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. Of course, we'll be back on Monday with Walker Bueller. 
That's Arm. I'm Peter with that. Thank you, everybody.